All right, Rebbe, say good morning. Let us let us begin. Let us begin. We give my thanking our sponsors, our Tamatora sponsors for the month of Av, Maxim Rendelopkovsky, in honor of the upcoming Bar Mitzvah of their son Yitzchak Mayer, Dr. Riva Mitzner, commemoration of the first yard site of her father, Dr. Larry Schenk, yard site is today, Aryeh Ben Chaim, Zichron Levracha, and Jack Bennett, in honor of Sergeant Omer Taviv, who was killed by a Hamas anti-tank missile on the Gaza border on May 12th, 2021. Our Dafyomi sponsors today, Shmuel and Sivia Davis, in memory of Sivia's brother, couple Melech Ben Leib, Zichron Levracha, Rob Den Lemerit of our all of the Neshamas will have an Aliyah, and the families in Hama. And also, I'm sorry, one more sponsorship to thank Howard Friedman for dedicating the Shir this morning. Sorry, just give me one moment. Okay, for some reason now it's not uh, downloading. Try it once more. Ah, Tila Bas Thank you, Howard. Thank you. We hope that in the merits, whose yard site this day, we hope that in the merits of our Talmud Torah, the Neshama have an Aliyah and the family a Nechama. Well, so with that, let us begin. So we have a really exciting dive ahead of us today with some interesting halacha, a lot of interesting hashkafa as well. Today's daf is daf chof, 20. And we are picking up Amir Tzashem on the bottom, towards the bottom of Yud Tes Amud Beis. We are picking up on, we are picking up, let's pick up Ella Amar Rava, four lines up from the bottom. So remember again, yesterday, you know, uh, where's Sammy? I just saw Sammy before. Sammy and I were talking about this at, uh, at a chasana last night. Anytime I see Sammy, he's all Torah. I'm like, can we talk about something else just for two minutes? It's like, no, Torah, 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 Torah. So we're speaking about the idea that it's fascinating to note that here, you know, we think schachnats are like this brand new innovation, right? We, we found this great idea that no other generation ever thought about, that why go ahead and spend all the time putting up bamboo poles and putting up branches? Let's make mats. <laughs> it's amazing that you see a Mishnah that deals with mats, that deals with mats. So remember, again, the topic we were discussing was the nature of a mat which can be used for schach. Let's talk about the issue for just a moment. The issue at play, of course, is one is not permitted to use something that is makabal for schach, as we learned earlier. And what, what is makabal tumah? On a most basic level, a kli, anything utilized in a utensil capacity, is makabal tumah. So, for example, a bamboo mat. Is a bamboo mat makabal tumah? It depends. If it's used for shriva, if it's used for laying down on, if it's used for sleeping, then it's a kli, and then ultimately it's makabal tumah. If it's makabal tumah, it cannot be used for schach. Conversely, if you have a mat that is not used for shriva, not used for sleeping per se, then halach ala and it was made, let's say, for schach, or again, that's going to be the point of contention, let's assume it was made for schach, then halach ala is totally usable. The issue that's going to come up is what happens if you have, and, and by the way, just to understand from the Gemara's perspective, small mats, small mats, were usually associated with mats used for sleeping. When we say small, you know, they're the size of a person. So they're used for sleeping versus larger mats were just often created for schach. The question that we started dealing with yesterday that we'll continue with today is, well, what happens if you have a non-designated schach mat, right? What happens, again, you have this mat and it wasn't made for any particular purpose. 
How does that play into this entire discussion? To which the Gemara says, four lines are from the bottom, Ela Amar Rava. So rather, Rava, Rava say, explains the Gemara as follows. When it comes to a large mat, everyone agrees, Stamar. So if you have a large mat that was created, so again, even if it was not created with a particular designation, everyone will agree that Halach such a mat was made for schach purposes. Keep ligi. So where does where does the where does the machlok? And I will say I want to be clear. Here's what's interesting. At least according to what Rav is saying right now, do you need your schach mat to be made l'shem schach? What does it sound like? Do you need no? Right? You just what? You need it what? Not not to be made l'shem kli. That, that's pretty much what's happening over. In other words, there's no din of schach l'shem schach. Although, again, we'll see halach l'maisa. It's not necessarily the case. But, but the, right now, where Rav is coming from is, as long as it's not made for a kli purpose, then pretty much stama l'sichoch. So the Gemara says, keep ligi. So where does the machlokis come up? Keep ligi. Biketana. The machlokis that comes up is with a small mat. Tanakama savar stam kitana l'shiva. So the Tanakama holds that a regular stam kitana, a regular small mat, if you find the small mat, the default designation of that mat is that it's used for sleeping. It's used for sleeping. Rabbi Eliezer savar stam kitana nami l'sichoch. Rabbi Eliezer on the other hand holds that no, Anytime you find a mat that does not have a particular designation, you have the ability to go ahead and assume that it was made for schach purposes. Vahachi kamar, top of chof. And this is how we're supposed to read the Mishnah. Vahachi kamar. Machatzelas hakonim gidola. If you have a reed mat that is large, asa'a l'shriva mikabeles tumah. So we'll say, obviously, even in a large mat, which is not normally made, which is not normally made for people's individual uses. So even if you have a large mat, if you made it l'shriva, if you made it for sleeping purposes, ultimately, again, it's mekabel tumah. Remember again, these are corollary statements. If something is mekabel tumah, then by definition, you cannot use it for schach purposes. Taimah, now the reason it's not usable is why? Because the mat was expressly made for shriva, for use, for sleeping, which renders it a kli, which makes it mekabal tumah, which precludes its use from schach. Now so what can you infer from that? When is, when is the large mat problematic? When is it problematic? Im asa Now what does asa l'shriva mean? What does it mean? You expressly designated it for a particular purpose for sleeping. What can you infer from that? Hastama. What happens if you didn't designate the mat? You didn't designate the mat at all. You just made a mat. You did not designate it in any particular way. Hastama. Ultimately, again, what you could infer from that is the only time that the large mat is problematic is if you expressly designated l'shriva. But if you did not expressly designate it for sleeping on it, we could assume the default designation of a large mat is going to be for schach purposes. For schach purposes, because I skipped the parentheses, but as well say, that's the opinion of the Tanakama. Right, so the Tanakama will hold that halacha lemaisa, the default des- designation, unless otherwise articulated, of a large mat, is for schach purposes. Can you go ahead and make a schach mat for shriva, for sleeping purposes? Can you? Of course. 
it would just require you to express the articulate bless you that that's the reason why you're making it. comes along and says, both a large mat as well as a small mat. Stama We'll say again, any time you have a mat and there is no express designation, the default designation ultimately is what? Schach. Schach. So we'll say, so th- th- this, is, this is incredibly important. So what the, what the Yimar is suggesting over here, Rav is suggesting over here, is that halacha the real machlokas between Rabbi Eliezer and the Chachamim is regarding default designation. See, the Chachamim will hold that halacha lamaisa, the default designation of a small mat is for shriva, which again, just so you understand where they're coming from with that, when we say small, what's small? What's small? Size of a person, right? That, that, that's a small mat because it was common that people would make these mats to lay down on. So the default designation of a small mat is for shriva. The default designation of a large mat, ultimately again, is for schach. Rabbi Eliezer disagrees and he says, we don't make a distinction between large, large mats and small mats. Rather, all mats are created equal. And achos achos kitano, vi achos kidola, whether it's a large mat or a small mat, stama kshera lesichoch. A stam mat, a non-designated mat, by definition is going to be kosher for schach. And those Rabbi Ezer does not look at the size of the mat. He looks at designations. If it's un, if it's designated, then it's a, when we say designated, designated for shriva, for sleeping, or for any other use, as we'll discuss as well. Then enoch inami, it's a kli. If it's a kli, it's makabel If it's makabel it cannot be used for schach. Rabbi Lezer will hold large mat, small mat. If it's undesignated, the default designation is for schach purposes and therefore usable for sukkah. So the gemara says, Amalei Abaye Abaye says, Ihachi, Rabbi Eliezer Omer Achos Kitanova Achos Kidola. If that's the case, Rabbi Eliezer should really read a little bit differently in the Mishnah, right? Rabbi Eliezer said, right, you were saying, achos kidola, ah, oh, sorry, achos kitana, achos kidola. It really should say, he really should say, achos kidola va achos kitana mi baile. Sinabo said, listen to this. So Abayi says, Rava, Rava, if you're correct, if you're correct, that Abayi doesn't make a difference between a large mat and a small mat. He holds any undesignated mat. The default designation is for schach. How should they have articulated that? Uh, see, the way Rava quoted it was, achas kitana achas gidola. Whether it's a small mat or a large mat. Abai says, something wrong with what you're putting forward. Because how should it have read if you're truly correct? Achas gidola achas kitana. Then I will say, why? Why does it make a difference what the order is? Because I will say, remember again, the, the, the large mat, the large mat, is the mat that you could get almost universal buy-in, that stam lesichoch, right? Because remember, again, a large mat, even the Rabbanon other are agreeing that the default designation of a large mat is for schach purposes. Rabbi Eliezer, you should have said, achas kidola v'achas kitana, a large mat and a small mat. You wouldn't say a small... See, Rabbi Eliezer wants to make the argument that the default designation of any mat is for schach purposes until otherwise articulated that the mat's being used for some other purpose. If that's the case, you should have phrased it, whether it's a big mat or a small mat. Start with the one that's more obvious, that everybody agrees with, and then move on to the Chiddush, as opposed to saying, achos kitana 
incredible Musa. In life, it's not just what you say, but it's how you say it that makes a difference. So over here, the order, the order of the Achas Ketana, Achas Kedola, makes a dramatic difference. Says the Gemara Va'od. Furthermore, there's another problem, Rav, with your approach. Furthermore, we have Rabbi Eliezer on record regarding arguing about a large map as well. And not only that, but he argues L'Chumra. Where do we find this, Rabbi If you have a large mat, you can use it for schach purposes. Rabbi Eliezer Omer, Rabbi Eliezer says, yeah, you could use it as long as it's not mekabel tumah. So I'll say, so over here you have Rabbi Eliezer arguing in a case of machatzalas kedola, a large mat, and he's arguing lechumra. So you see, I'll say, so what Rabbi is saying to Rabbi Rava, you make it sound like that in Rabbi Eliezer's world, a large mat is always okay. That's not true. That's not true. Regarding Rabbi Eliezer, there will be cases of a large mat which will be absolutely problematic. Ella, I'm going to pop up. So says, try this again. Let's try this again. With a large mat, an undesignated large mat, everyone will agree that it's permitted for use as schach. Why? Why? The default designation of a large mat is... I'm sorry, I'm sorry, just the... Sorry, sorry, sorry. With a small mat, with a small mat, everyone will agree that an undesignated small mat cannot be used for schach. Why not? The default designation of a small mat is shchiva. Good. Okay. Keep ligi. So where is the machlokis of in the rabbanon? Bigidola. With a large mat. With a large mat. So what's the machlokis? Here we go. Tanakama savar stam gidola lesichoch. The Tanakama holds that a stam large mat, an undesignated large mat, is for schach. Now, both say, when we say it's for schach, it means it's not for shriva. People don't make large mats for laying down on. Therefore, by definition, it's default designation. <coughs> Excuse me. It's for schach. Rabbi Eliezer Sover, stam gidola nami l'shriva. Rabbi Eliezer holds that, no, even an undesignated large mat at the end of the day is for shriva as us. Well, say, so now, Rav Papa's coming along and advancing another model. In Rav Papa's model, when it comes to a small mat, Everyone agrees. Everyone agrees on what? Stam, small, mat, is what? Shriva, unusable as schach. The machlokes case is stam, large, mat. The Rabbanon will hold stam, large, mat is usable because stam is made for schach. Rabbi Eliezer holds that no, stam, mat is also made for shriva. What's interesting is as follows. In Rav Papa's model, Pretty much what's going to happen, according to Eliezer, is if you want to use a mat for schach, what has to happen? What has to happen? You need to actively designate it. That's, that, that's the shift over here, right? Rabbi Eliezer, will, Rabbi Eliezer, pretty much, according to our Papa, in Rabbi Eliezer's world, the default designation of any mat is always going to be for shriva. If you want to use it for schach, it has to be actively designated mitrila for that purpose. Umay asa l'shriva. What does it mean that it was made for shriva? The ka'amar hachi. 
Ultimately, that you said it, you actively designate it, to which the Gemara says, So what Rabbi Lezer is saying is that the Stam designation, right, the default designation of mats, according to Rabbi Lezer, is for sleeping purposes, is for sleeping purposes until you expressly go ahead and make it for sakh. We'll say, a mazel tov to Reb Michael on the marriage of his daughter last night. Mazel tov, mazel tov. We'll say, so, so again, so it says the Gemara, turn Rabbanon. So let's go by. So we'll say, so this is Rav Papa's model. Rav Papa's model. Turn Rabbanon. Machatzeles shal shifa vishal gemi. So we'll say, so now, up until now, up until now, we've been speaking about a machatzeles shal kanim, which are reeds. The Gemara now here is gonna, gonna digress a little bit into, a, into mats made of other materials. So the truth is, the reason why this is going to make a difference just a bit is because depending on how hard the material is or how soft the material is, may dictate whether or not such a mat is used for shiva, is used for sleeping. So it says the Gemara, Machatzelas shal shifa vishal gemi. If you have a machatzelas made of shifa or of gemi, so again, Rashi says over here, shifa, quotes word gemi, dehen rakin. These are soft type of grasses, soft soft type of growths. Hilchach, so we'll say, so again, because they're soft, so like Rashi, if it's large, you could use it for schach. If it's small, you can't use it for schach. I will say now, why? What's going on over here? So this, go back to that Rashi just a moment. Rashi, gemi. Rashi says, therefore, they're soft. Therefore, hilchach, Stam ketano yeshban l'shchiva lo shna gedol masa shars. So let's listen to this. So the idea of the Gemara Sassadim is as follows: If you go ahead and you make a small mat of shefi, shifa, and gemi, so these are these are soft, soft growths, soft grasses, we'll call it. Therefore, the assumption is when you are making a small mat, what is that small mat going to be used for? What is it used for? Shchiva. A larger mat ultimately again will be used for schach. So gidola gidola is misachin ba kitam misachin ba good next shal kanim vishal chilas if you have kanim reeds chilas we'll say is sedge also a type of grassy growth gidola misachin ba if you made a large mat out of it you could use it for schach aruga in misachin ba we'll say aruga means if you've woven it together then halacha lemaisa it cannot be used for schach. Rashi says over here, Aruga e Mesachin ba. This it's the third white line on the bottom. This this le Shchiva to lo havu hayu regilin lo arga el le Shchiva shete chalaka venocha. You would only weave a mat if you wanted it to be comfortable and flat for sleeping purposes. So the so this is interesting. So now just think about introducing. Up until now, we've been speaking about size. Now what the Gemara is introducing us to is the idea that substance matters as well, right? In other words, what you're making it out of. And not only that, but sometimes how you're making it can also determine its use. So the Gemara goes, right? That you can go ahead and use for schach, use both of these types of mats for schach. Okay, and Rabbi Dosa held like him as well. We learned, we learned, 
All chotzlos. So I will say we'll discuss exactly what chotzlos are. Chotzlos are capable. So we're switching gears here. You're going to see why this is brought down here for just a moment. But we're, all, we're going to figure out the halacha with the mat discussion in just a little bit. So kala chotzlos mitamin tamemes tevi rabbi dosa. All chotzlos, all chotzlos are subject to tumas meis. These are the words of Rabbi Dosa. Medris. Tumas Medris. Now, remember again, we saw that Tumas Medris. Medris is Tuma that is, let's say, from a, a Zav or a Zava or somebody who has Tumas Meis. Anytime a person who's Tame supports their weight upon something, even if there is not direct contact on it, that transmits Tumas Medris. So the Gemara says, Medris in Tame Meis Lo. Ultimately, again, the Chachamim saying that it only transmits to, that, that these chotzlos are Mechabal Tumas Medris and not Tumas Meis. The Gemara says, Vahot Anantanan, we learned, Kalamatame Medris, Mitame, Mitame, Tame Meis. Yet we learned that in general, whenever you go ahead and whenever you could contract Tumas Medris, there's Tumas Meis that goes along with that. Ema Af Medris. You know, the Chachamim mean to say, chotzlos could even contract. Tomas Medris. Okay. My chotzlos. By the way, what are chotzlos? What are chotzlos? You're telling me again, chotzlos are mekabal Tomas Meis, Tomas Medris. What's the, what are, are chotzlos? So what's it? It's very interesting. Rav, Rav Avdimi Barhamduri. Sorry. Amar Rav Avdimi Barhamduri. Marzubli. Marzubli. My Marzubli. What's Marzubli? Amar Rabbi Abba. Mizabli. So what's we'll say Mizabli are leather bags used by shepherds. Rashi says over here, Rashi says over here, no, not yet, sorry. Mizabli. Bolos vasui lo roa, lahanichon tachas rosho vilashache. So we'll say a few lines are from the bottom. These were leather bags used by shepherds that they used to use as a pillow. It sounds like probably what happened was they were bags used to carry stuff, but they also at night doubled as a pillow for the shepherd. Okay. Rabbi Shimon Lakish Omar, machzalos mamish. Rabbi Shimon says, no, 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 these were for. To mats, we'll say that's why this is being brought down over here. This refers to mats, mats that somebody would sleep on, and therefore again the Gemara is saying that a mat that someone sleeps on the shchiva is subject to tumas mace and tumas madras. And Rishlakish goes according to his reasoning. But we'll say, listen to this. Dama Rishlakish. We'll say this is an incredible Gemara. Dama Rishlakish. Harini kaparas rabichia ubanov. I should be in atonement. For Rabbi Chia and his sons, Rabbi Chia and his sons had passed away already. So now Rish Lakish is going in and quoting them, and he says, "I should be a kapara for them." Shebetchila. So we'll say. So let's 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 look at this. Shebetchila kishenishtach. We're going to read this section, and we're going to go back and analyze it. Shebetchila kishenishtach achal Torah miYisrael. Now we'll say in the beginning. In the beginning, Torah was forgotten from the Jewish people. Now, what is this referring to? This is referring to, if you look at Rashi, Rashi says over here, we'll get that rainy kaparas in just a second, So listen to this. During, during the Chorban, during the Chorban, ultimately, again, halachos were forgotten. That's what happened. The destruction of the Beis HaMikdash was so profoundly traumatic for Klaad Yisrael that there were actually halachos that were forgotten. I will say, we've had this discussion before. I don't remember who it was, brought this up to me during Yuma. Like, you know, you have these machloksin about what happened in the Beis HaMikdash. And, you know, it's interesting that you had people who were around during the Beis HaMikdash time 
How could it be that there's machlokus about how this was done, and how that was done? So Rabbi Soloveitchik has, has a beautiful piece where he discusses about, about trauma, trauma in general from loss, and how trauma from loss, trauma from loss, ultimately alters people's view of things. You know, there's a, there's a fascinating story. I, I, I don't know where I was reading this, that a, a woman once came to go ahead and uh, speak to Sigmund Freud. She met with Freud because uh, she was constantly had the scent of burning bread. Constantly had the scent of bread. She, everywhere she went, she smelled burning bread. And they realized that this was not a physical, a physical issue. This was some type of psychological issue. So it's interesting. So, okay, it's a whole story, it's a whole arichos. But bottom line is, she worked in a bakery. She worked in a bakery. Her husband came to tell her that they were getting divorced, and he was a real sweetheart. He told her at work. He told her at work. Right? So he comes to work, tells her we're getting divorced, and she was, so, she was so upset by this, she had bread in the oven. The bread burned. The bread burned. So, so the, the, the scent of the bread was linked with her trauma. And so everywhere, so that, that scent, that scent remained with her. So trauma leaves these lingering effects. And part of it is that it often could alter the way you perceive reality. The destruction of the base Hamikdash was such an incredibly profound trauma that there were halachos that were forgotten. There were, there were just halachos. There, there was a certain level of national consciousness that was altered as a result of the Chorban. We think that the Chorban, you know, the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed. The Beis Hamikdash was a building, was a building. We, the buildings could be built, buildings could be raised. Right? That's, not the, that's not the issue. It's what the Beis Hamikdash represented as the glue of Klal Yisrael, as the house of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So when the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed, it affected the entire Jewish consciousness to the point that the Gemara says over here that Kishabitrila, Kishnishtachacha Torah Mi Yisrael. Doesn't mean Torah was forgotten. It means there were halachos that were forgotten. So what happened? Allah Ezra mi Baba Ezra, when he came back, reestablished the forgotten halachos. Chazra v'nishtacha. So we'll say, so what happened? Then Torah was forgotten again. Now, interestingly enough, this was a result. Oh, I don't understand. Ezra rebuilt the base Amitash. So why was it forgotten again? First of all, there was Chorban again. It was Chorban again. But even before that, it wasn't the same. Remember again, when Ezra comes back from Babel, only a fraction of Klal Yisrael goes back with him. There's a new dynamic of dispersion. There's a new dynamic of diaspora. There's a new dynamic of Galus. So halachas continue to be forgotten. What happened? Allah Hillel Habavli, Habavli, Vyasda. Hillel came from Babel and reestablished the halachas. So we'll say it is interesting to remember again, we saw this in Psachim, saw this in Psachim, that this was the story, Rashi quotes it, this was with Hillel and Bnei Becerra. Bnei Becerra were the leaders of the Jewish people at the time. And remember, again, they did not know what to do with Karban Pesach when it falls out on Shabbos. Right? And Hillel said, Hillel says, because you guys were not Misham Ishmael Naftalio and you didn't spend enough time observing your Rebbeim, that's why you don't know the Halacha. He gave them Musar. So Hillel came along and reestablished, reestablished the Halacha. Chazra v'nishtachacha. Ultimately, again, Halachas were still subsequently forgotten. And his sons came from Babel and ultimately again reinstated or retaught many of those as well. say, I just want to point out something very interesting here, which is fascinating that in each of these situations, it was the Jews of the diaspora who came and reestablished the halacha on its foundations, which, which is really 
quite a, I'm not sure what to do with that, but it's really quite a fascinating dynamic. That Nishtakach Torah, and somehow again, Allah, Allah in each of these cases, Allah Ezra, Allah Hillel, Allah Rabbi Chia, ultimately, which tells you, which tells you, well, we know what the Musr is, right? The Musr is that Torah is not complete while we are here. That's, that's really what it comes down to. That Torah, there's always a chilek of Torah that's forgotten when Klal Yisrael is not in Eretz Yisrael. And ultimately, our Torah is really only a complete unit when it's Allah Ezra, Allah Hillel, Allah Rabbi Chia. So what happens when Rabbi Chia comes out? Okay, so why, why this whole introduction? So Rabbi Chia Ubanov. So we'll say this whole introduction is because what happened? What did Rabbi Chia and his son say? Rabbi Dosa and Chacham did not disagree regarding the mats of Usha. Of Usha, that what? Amadeis Shehin Tmeos. That the mats of Usha are Tame. Are Tame. Then I will say, why was that? Because everyone knows that mats made in Usha were made for sleeping purposes. So because they were made for sleeping purposes, therefore what? They're Tumah. Vishel Tiveria. But the mats of Tiveria. Shehin Tahoros. That their tar, Rashi says, why? What's wrong with the mats of Tiveria? Second line in Rashi. Chafam Beis. Kashosein. Because those masks are very hard. No one's, everyone knows you don't sleep on Tiveria masks. It's a rookie mistake, right? Never sleep on Tiveria masks. So therefore, again, interestingly enough, the mats of Usha were exceptionally soft. Everyone slept on mats of Usha. So those are Mikabal Tumah. And everyone knows you never sleep on Tiveria masks because those are very hard and therefore no one sleeps on them. So what's the Machlokis about? Al-Shar about mats that come from other places. Mar Savar, Kevon Deleka Di Yosef Alayu Kitveria Damion. One says that in general, generally, people do not go ahead and sleep on mats, and therefore, Stam mats are like Tiveria mats, and therefore, again, they're not Makabotoma. Umar Savar, Kevon De Mikri Di Yosef Alayu Kidu Usha Damion. And others say that Halacha Lamaisa, since sometimes people do sit on mats, Halacha Lamaisa. He said they're treated like the mats of Usha and therefore are Makabal Tumah. Amar Mar, Kalachotlos Tameen Tamimei. So let's listen to this. So let, actually, but before, before we go ahead and we get to this, let me show with you a couple of things. So I will say, suggest if we go back for just a moment, because this is really incredible. If you go back to Rabbi Abba, to, I'm sorry, um, if you go back to Reish Lakish's statement. So remember again, I will say, just to give you once again context. So the context was, we were having this discussion regarding these um, chotzlos, right? About chotzlos. Now, which, which, why are we getting into chotzlos? There's a machlogus as to what the definition of chotzlos are. But one of the opinions is that what are chotzlos? It's machatzalos. It's mats. That's why, that's why this is being brought down over here. What I just want to draw your attention to before we continue on in that conversation is, is Reish Lakish's dramatic statement. When Reish Lakish goes ahead and quotes Rabbi Chia and his sons, if you notice, his lashon is Dom Reish Lakish Harini Kaparas Rabbi Chia Ubanov. I will be in atonement for Rabbi Chia and his sons. What 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 does that mean? What does that mean? So if you look at Rashi, back on Amadala for just a moment. I'm sorry, I know we're going back and forth. I just wanted to finish off those lines. Look at Rashi Harini Kaparas. Three lines are from the bottom. Yisurin Habotin Alai. So 
Shabbos say this lotion of Harini Kaparas Mishkavo. Harenika, or, or just Harenika Paras, here's Harenika Paras in the Gemara, so is a way of, what Rabbi Chi was saying was like this, allow my suffering to be an atonement for Rabbi Chia and his sons, right? Let my atonement, let, let my suffering, my Yisurin, be an atonement for Rabbi Chia and his sons. I will say that statement reflects the idea that everyone has a virus they have to deal with after 120, right? So there is some level of something that happens, some level of kapara, some level of atonement that occurs for people after they die. So Rashi understands over here that it is a sign of respect that one says for their Rebbe or one says for their father after they pass away, whenever you mention their name, Harini Kaparas Mishkavo. May I be on atonement for his deathbed, which says... I hereby take upon myself any suffering that would come upon the neshama of my father, that would come upon the neshama of my Rebbe, I gladly take that suffering upon myself. So Rashi understands it over here to be Lashen Kavad. Lashen Kavad. And Rashi says, you say this both for a Rebbe as well as for a father. So also I'll tell you, this is in fact the Halacha in Shulchan Aruch. So the Shulchan Aruch in Yaradeya and the Halachos of Kibbut Avaim, Simon Reish Mem Sif Tes, writes as follows. One is obligated to honor their parents, or to honor their parents, I should say to honor their parents, even after the death of the parent. This is a very important halacha. Kibbut Avaim does not cease with the death of a parent. It continues afterwards. Ketzad, how do you honor your parent after death? Let's say you were saying something over in the name of your father. Omer. Kach Amar Abba Mari Harini Kaparas Mishkavo. That the proper, the proper statement to say after one mentions their father's name, and, and Ramah points out, by the way, it's father and, and mother. It's no difference between father and mother. Right? My, fa- when I, when I, my father used to say, My father, Harini Kaparas Mishkavo. May I be an atonement for his deathbed, which again is the way a, a son says. If my father's neshama is supposed to suffer because of anything he did during this lifetime, I take that suffering upon myself. Now, I will say, interestingly enough, the only time you say this appellation is when? You only do this within the first 12 months after the death. And again, after 12 months, then you say Zichron Levracha. So, Shukunach Paskins. During the 12 months, we don't say Zichron of I mean, you can say Zichron of the also, but we say that phrase, Harini Kaparas Mishkavo, may I be in atonement for his deathbed. After 12 months, you only say Zichron of the Rachel. I will say now, why this shift after 12 months? So the Shach, listen to this. So the Shach says like this. First of all, he says, Gam Tov Yud Beis Chodesh, Yochel Omar Zichron of the By the way, he says, during 12 months, you can also say Zichron of the Rachel. Raktila Acher Yud Beis Chodesh, Lo Yomar Harini Kaparas Mishkavo. After 12 months, you cannot say Harini Kaparas Mishkava. Why not? Mishum de Mishpat Rishoim Begehenum Rak Yud Beis Chodesh. Because we both say the longest sentence that a person has in Gehenum is 12 months. It's 12 months. So if you say, so therefore we say Harini Kaparas Mishkava for a parent for 12 months in the event that Chasasham, the parent, has to be in Gehenim. I say that, but not after 12 months. After all, I suppose that, you know, this is also one of the reasons we only say Kaddish for 11 months and not for 12 months is to highlight the Yisod that the child does not believe his parent was a Rasha. That I believe that whatever my parent had to, uh, has to deal with in the afterlife, 
they would never be in Gehenim for a full 12 months, only for, you know, as Shailen in the post game, what happens if you know your parent was a Russia? What happens, right? There are, not, not just you didn't like him. Not just, my father never played catch with me on Sunday afternoons. I mean, like, Rahmat al-Islam, there are parents who are Rishan. There are absolutely parents, there are parents, there are parents who, who hurt their children emotionally, physically. What happens if you know your parent was a Russia? So the post can bring down, if a child knows his parent was a Russia, you can say Kaddish for the 12th month as well. That one would be permitted to do so because halacha that is a benefit for the neshama of the parent. But under normal circumstances, we stop at 11 months to, to highlight the belief that my parent was not a Russia. But again, I just want to point out, this is indeed halacha lamaisa of hareni kaparas mishkava, first 12, first 12 months after the parent's death. That's the appellation you add on to the name, but not past 12 months because mishpat rishon begehenam is only 12 months. Interestingly enough, what Rashi's pointing out is that not only do you do this for a parent, and again, the Ramah points out, he says, Again, everything, same thing, father, mother. What's interesting about the Gemara is you see you do this for a Rebbe as well. You see this for a Rebbe as well. So I'll just tell you something very interesting. Then we have to go on, and you can't hold me up anymore with these side discussions. I'll tell you something fascinating. So this, this, this is incredible. In the Marasham, the Shalashuvah's Marasham, based on this Gemara, he asks a fascinating question. Listen to this. So we'll see, he deals with the following Shaila. In general, let's say my friend commits an Avera. Can I accept the Onesh of my friend's Avera on me? Right? I love Ruvain. I love him. And I see he's really doing bad stuff. So can I say, Ribono Shalom? I hereby accept the punishment, right? Whatever Ruvain's doing bad stuff, I accept that onish upon me, that punishment upon me. So the Marasham says, does such an idea work? He actually in this Shaili also deals with, can you go ahead and sell your Averis to someone else? In other words, essentially it's the same Shiloh. Can you transfer liability from one person to another? And interestingly enough, the Marasham says, based on our Gimara, based on our Gimara, that there is the ability to transfer liability to someone else. That if a person wants to literally go ahead and absorb the hate liability of another, there actually is the ability to do so. This is based on our Gemara. The fact that I can say, Hareri kaparas mishkavo, by my father, by my Rebbe, I could say that. And that's not just a nice thing. That is literally a statement that says, I am willing to absorb the Averis, and I'm willing to absorb the suffering in order to spare my father, my Rebbe, that suffering, the fact that you can do that means that there is some ability to transfer liability of Averis from one person to another. Pretty, pretty incredible Gemara. All right, and we'll say, let's go back there. Somebody should start a website for this. I'm telling you, like, the Avera exchange, you know, you could, uh... all right, anyway, the Gemara says as follows. So let's go back there. We'll say, I'm a base. I'm a base. Says the Gemara. Right? All cholzos have the ability to contract the mazis. Well, remember again, cholzos was what we mentioned before. This is machlokes. Is it the leather bag of the shepherd? Is it? Is it a mat? So all cholzos are metame tamimes. Devi Rabbi Dosa. These are the words of Rabbi Dosa. Aiva Tanya vechin hayar Rabbi Dosa. Omer kidvarav. But yet again, we have on record Rabbi Rabbi Dosa didn't hold like that. That Rabbi Dosa held like Rabbi Yosi. That halacha lemaisa. Both types of mats can be used for schach purposes. So obviously, again, it's not a kli that's makabal tumo. Lokasha had the isle gadanfa 
Yidanfa hada less like Yidanfa. We'll say it depends. Does the mat have a rim or not? Now, what does it matter if the mat has a rim? Very simply, if the mat has a rim, then what can you do with the mat? Hold stuff in it. If you could hold stuff in it, then it becomes a receptacle. If it's a receptacle, it's a kli. And if it's a kli, it's makabal tumah. And if it's makabal tumah, it cannot be used for schach. So the Gemara says, Mesvei chotzlos shalsham v'shalgemi v'shalsak v'shalsifra mitame tame meisiv rabbi dosi. So rabbi dosi holds that alocha lamaisa. If you make chotzlos of all these different, all these different materials, right? Sham was the grass. Gemi is also another type of grass. Sak, Rashi points out over here, is from wool, from wool of goats. And Sifra, Rashi says over here, is from the hair on the neck or on the tail of a horse. So whatever you made your chotzos from, Rabbi Dosa says, it's metami tumas meis. the chum say, af medris, even tumas medris. So let's analyze this. And I both say, the Gemara is going to remember, we have two different definitions of what chotzlos are. Are chotzlos the leather bags, or the bags of shepherds? Or ultimately, again, are they the mats? So Bishma Lamandamar Marzubli, so according to the opinion who says that it's the bag of the shepherd, so Shal Sham, Vishal Gemi, Vishal Gemi, So if you make it out of Sham or Gemi, then it's usable. What is it usable for? Kinsa de Peri. Look at Rashi. Rashi says over here, you could use it to store large fruit. Because although there is a smaller hole, ultimately, again, in this bag, it can be used to store larger fruit. If it's made of wool or out of horsehair, then it's usable for gulki and sunny. What is gulki and sunny? Rashi says, Kalim. It can be used even to hold hold smaller items. Because remember again, anything you're making out of goat hair or horse hair is going to be very tightly woven. But according to the opinion, it says that chotzlos are really considered to be mat, or not considered are mats. I understand if you make it out of sack and sifra, if you make it out of goat hair and horse hair, what is it usable? For Parsi and Sif and Naf and Nafusa, look at Rashi. Chazula Parsi the Nafusa Levilon. It's usable as a curtain. That's that's Parsi. And ultimately, again, the Nafusa Rashi says as a sifter or a sieve. There are smichas chaver and dafiomi uh, are intersecting. Right? Nafusa Rashi says Lenafos bana kemach kemos kemos shein. You could use it as a sifter or a sieve. To go ahead and sift uh, to sift uh, flour. She knows not came off a kofa, not so good. So he goes, Ella, Shosham, Vishal, give me the Michael. So what if you're talking about, you're talking about um, mats, if it's made out of sham and gemi, what is it usable for? Chazu, Neneziasa. It's usable to cover a vat of beer. Okay, you could use it as a vat cover. Good. Ika, the Amri, an alternate version of this. Bishlam, Laman, Daramachat, Salos, Mamish, according to the opinion who holds that Chotzlos. Is actually real mats. Shalsham v'shalgemi. If it's made of sham and gemi, it's usable for what? Chazul and ziyasa. It's usable to cover a vat of beer. Shalsak v'shalsifra. If it's made ultimately out of goat hair or horse hair, chazul leparsi v'nafusa. It's usable for a curtain and for a sift or receive. Elaman damar marzubli. But according to being who holds that the machatzalos ultimately again is the bag of the shepherd. If it's made out of goat hair or horse hair, it's usable for gulki and sunny, which again, 
small items, small kalim. The says, But if it's made out of sham and gemi, what is it usable for? Ultimately, again, it'll be usable to hold large fruit. Good. Tanya, I'm Rabbi Chanina. Chanina, sorry. Rabbi Chanina says, When I went down to the Gola, to the Gola, Matsasi Zokin Echad, Vaamarli, Misachachin Bibudja. I've found a particular elder man, and he told me that you are permitted to go ahead and use a Budya for Schach. I will say, What's Budya? Rashi says, Machatzelas. It's a mat. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Said this guy. Good. You know, I'm in the second video. He told me that you can go ahead and use a mat. When I came to Rabbi Yeshua, the father of right of my bro, the brother of my father, hold the dvar. He said, also you could use a mat. That's only if the mat does not have a rim. Right? Remember again, if it has a rim or an edge, remember why does that make it problematic? Because it could store things. And once it could store things, it has the definition of a kli. Amar Ula, Hani Bodisa Dibne Mechuza, Ilmale Kir Shalahen, Mesachachin Bahu. So ultimately, again, so this, this Bodisa Dibne Mechuza, this, uh, this, this mat of Mechuza could be used for Schach if it didn't have a kir. Rashi says, Kir is Gidafna, is a rim. Is a rim. Tanya Mahachi, a bride that supports this. Misachachin Babuja, you can go ahead and use a mat, then Meshlahan Kir, but if it has an edge or a rim, in Misachachin Bayan, you are not permitted to go ahead and utilize that mat. So we'll say, the discussion of mats is an interesting one in Halach. You know, again, a number of years ago, there was a, there was a whole discussion about, about Matt, you know, the CRC, the Chicago Rabbinical Council, have put out under the direction of Gedali Dov Schwartz, Zechat Tzadik Livracha, that one did not have to purchase schach mats that were made l'shem schach. They, they were matir, these mats made by Home Depot. It created a whole thing. They kind of walked it back a, li- a little bit afterwards, afterwards, because, again, there are more intricate halachos concerning, remember, when it comes to mats, just to point this out, well, let me read you first the Shulchan Aruch. Just the Aruch based on the Sugya. So I will say, this is the Shulchan Aruch. It's in Tav Reish Chav Tes, Halacha Vav. Sif Vav. Just the basic Halacha. B'machatzele shakonim v'kash ha-shiva v'gemi. Bein shu chalaka, bein shu l'shiva. Bein shu ina chalaka, shen yiru l'shiva. Emi ketana stama, omedes l'shiva, mekabel estoma. Vein mesachachin ba. Ela, ela imkein. Ela imkein asa l'sichoch. So the first thing the Shulchan Aruch says is a small mat, stam mat, we assume is made for shiva. So that's, that's the position the Shulchan Aruch adopts. That a stam small mat can't use it for schach. Can't use, now again, when I say can't use it for schach, because we assume the default designation of a small mat is for shiva. Now again, I will say the Gemara says, the Haggad, Ramah comments, the Hainu, Shirov b'nei osair osin osilasichoch. I'm sorry. Now, obviously, with a small mat, if you made it l'shem schach, if you made it for schach purposes, then what? Then what? Then, of course, it's okay. What it means is, stam, you come across a small mat. The Shulchan Arach says, you cannot use that for schach because you have to assume that it was made for shchiva purposes. Therefore, it's a kli. Therefore, you can't use it. 
Vimhi gedola stama, but if it's a stama large mat, omedes lesichoch, umesachachin ba. So again, halacha will say is, a stam small mat cannot be used for schach. A stam large mat can be used for schach. Unless, of course, it was made for shchiva. Unless, of course, again, it was made ultimately, again, for laying down on it. She goes on, he goes on, And this is all assuming that the mats in question do not have a rim. So we'll say, so interestingly enough, so interestingly enough, so the way the Shukhanar Paskins is, Stam small mat is assumed for Shriva, can't be used. Stam large mat, assumed for Schach or not for Shriva, can be used. If the mat has a rim, ultimately, again, it's problematic. But if you live in a place where people often use these mats for roofs, or for building purposes, then halacha you cannot use it for schach, which again makes sense because once it's being used, once it was created for roof purposes, then again it also has the status of a kli, and halacha lemaisa, would be problematic. So both say, so again, shochnarch adapts the position, stam large mat, usable, assumed for sichuch, for for stam small mat, can't be used, Usable because again the assumption is made for shriva. Also, just point out in the in the discussion regarding schach mats, one of the interesting things also just to add into the mix over here is there's another issue when it comes to schach mats, which is not just the use of it, but what the bamboo itself is actually tied together with. That is a separate discussion regarding davar hamamid, right? In general, again, when it comes to schach, the same way that we there are locals that govern what you could put the schach on, right? Remember, again, you have, a, you have a metal frame sukkah. We will discuss. You don't place the schach resting right on the metal frame. Again, our post can say that you can. But we try not. We try to put the schach on something that itself is kosher the schach. That which holds the schach together is also subject to many of the halachos of schach as well. So that's why many of the post can hold that technically speaking, even though, just that this is why many pushed back on the CRC's designation as well, because again, it's not just about the mat itself, it's what the mat is held together with. Okay, I will say so again, beyond the scope of our discussion this morning, to get into the full discussion regarding schach mats, but at least now you know, now you have a conceptual underpinning, large mats, stam good, small mats, stam not, but again, I will say, but either mat, could be repurposed anyway, if explicitly repurposed either for shriva or ultimately for schach.